Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right. On today's episode, we're going to go through every first-year head coach from the 2023 season. There were 24 of them. Um, We're going to discuss whether we feel better, worse, or about the same after one year on the job. And uh, why don't we just, you know, we've got, we're going to go in order of G5, then P5, but I'll just throw out a random one first. How are you feeling about Zach Arnett? Are you feeling better, worse, or about the same? Zach Arnett, Mississippi State, about his tenure there. I mean... It was it was a it was a historic tenure, really. It was yeah, yeah. yeah. That was that was that's a rough one. He's already come and gone. That is uh, very rare for because we've done this episode in previous years, and I don't remember a coach already no. being gone. But no, that of course was, he's yeah, he's been fired. So uh, yeah, but we do have a ton of others to get to. We'll start, uh, like I said, with the the G five. Yeah, so we got Tim Beck of Coastal Carolina. And the way I'm looking at it, I'm the same on him. I mean, maybe if I'm splitting hairs slightly higher, just because I wasn't all that excited about him, but went eight and five this year, finished third in the division. And from a team metric point of view, they actually did improve, even with um, Grayson McCall kind of missing the second half of the season. Uh, They won the Hawaii Bowl as an underdog, so kind of got the recruiting back to where it was in the Sun Belt under Jamie Chadwell. So, Eh, about the same. All right. Uh, next up, a coach who inherited a very, very difficult situation, Kenny Burns at Kent Ugh. State. He was uh, hired uh, there when he, before he was a, a running backs coach at Minnesota. And yeah, the, the Kent State job, I mean, after Sean Lewis left, the roster was just completely gutted. They were projected <laughs> to be the second worst team in college football. They ended up being the worst. So I guess a little <laughs> bit worse than expected. They went one and 11. Um, I, and this is according to SP plus, but, um, so I, but really I feel about the same, like it was just, it was pretty much a year zero there. So I'll give him a shot in year two. All right. Moving to Jamie Chadwell of Liberty. And I, you know, obviously I, we were already kind of high on him. Um, but I, I still have to feel better. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, we've mentioned on previous episodes, we kind of thought, he would have gotten more looks at him, maybe a little bit more marquee job than Liberty. But, you know, he outperformed even my expectations, took them to a New Year's Six Bowl in the Fiesta Bowl. They were eight and five, went to 13 and one. Now, I know their schedule was god awful, but they they improved dramatically, like 40 spots in in SP plus Sagarin. Um, and he just seems to get most the most out of his quarterbacks, as we've seen Caden Salter this year, dual threat. Um yeah. Just and, and and it looks like the Flames should be good again this year, too. So positive momentum. It's just, I mean, if you're a, like an SEC school or something like that, that is in need of a coach, I just think you'd be crazy not to have him at or near the top of your list. Um, so, yeah, <clears> we'll see has, yeah, exactly. That would have <laughs> been a great... I, I don't remember what the reporting around that was, but maybe... Was it on his side? Maybe he wasn't interested. Yeah, actually, I don't, I, don't, I don't remember, but I don't remember either. But but yeah, if 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 he would have taken that, then they, I, that's who I would have offered. But uh, Trent Dilfer, UAB, I I feel worse. I, I didn't love the hire to begin with. Very risky, given, of course, no yeah. experience at the the college level. But I did. I could see the upside, right? Like, of course, he's a yeah, he's kind a of good personality, brand. and maybe in recruiting that would uh, carry over, but. On the field, they were worse than expected. They went four and eight, and their recruiting class was one of the worst 
in the conference. So that is what kind of really is, is disappointing to me. Um, so there's just, at least through one year, not much positive to take. Yeah. And like Bill Clark kind of proved you could at least be somewhat successful there. So Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all those schools moving to different conferences, uh, a lot yeah. of them struggled. So maybe I should give him a little bit of a break for that. But but still, it was it wasn't good. Here's one. Alex Golish of South Florida USF. I'm feeling much better on him. Um, he inherited a dumpster fire one and 11 team had one of the best turnarounds in college football last year. They went seven and six. They won their bowl game 45, nothing over Syracuse. And, you know, going into last year, I was a little apprehensive, uh, apprehensive just because, you know, I credited a lot of the Tennessee success to Heupel. Um, mm-hmm. But now like he's got one of the better quarterbacks coming back, Byron Brown, they actually had the number 50 high school recruiting class, which was the best of the the non-power league schools. I mean, ahead of like teams like Louisville, Kansas State, Utah, like there's some serious momentum, it looks like, in the program. And and he's one of those guys that now he's if if they're able to meet next year's expectations or get close, he's setting himself up for a better gig. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tom Herman, Florida Atlantic. I feel a little worse, just especially because I was very high on this one and i'm still cautiously optimistic but florida atlantic was significantly worse than than expected last year they went four and eight and the recruiting class was just kind of fine so i think there's a little bit of pressure here in year two to show some positive momentum yeah i'm with you gj kinney texas state i'm feeling better on him um mm-hmm. he totally flipped the roster and it it kind of paid dividends year one they went from four and eight to eight and five had their first bowl win in program history uh most wins since they joined fbs about 10 plus years ago um he got the top sunbelt recruiting class they got jordan mcleod from uh james madison one of the better transfer quarterbacks yeah. I mean, and it kind of, you, you knew kind of from the get-go this season, they were a 28-point dog and beat Baylor. Um, he runs a, a, a fun, fast offense, and he's another that I wouldn't be surprised get poached if they have a decent year. How do you end up with all the, the coaches that dramatically outperformed, Trey? This, is, this isn't fair. Yeah, this I Give me, I've got Eric Morris at North Texas. I feel about the same. Uh, they hired him from, he was Wazoo's offensive coordinator. Uh, of course, coached Cam Ward, uh, both at um, Incarnate, Incarnate Word, Word and, yeah. and Wazoo. Uh, didn't have a strong opinion on the hire, and I still don't now. Uh, North Texas went 5-7. and seven, Basically, were about as good or mediocre as expected uh, in the power ratings. And they do have a, a, a ton of turnover on their roster headed into next year. They're adding 49 new mm. players between high school and transfer. So this is going to be kind of the year maybe that, you know, you see yeah. a direction of the program, whether it's good or bad. Yep. All or right, maybe it'll what. be about the same. You know, that's always a third option, too. <laughs> that <laughs> Do all that work, shuffle in the deck just for nothing. Uh, okay, Brian Newberry of Navy. And yeah, I'm feeling about the same. Uh, I really wasn't all that high on him last year. They did regress in the metrics a, a substantial amount. Uh, went five and seven. Like tried to put put the ball in the air a little bit more on offense. Um, I'm going to let him, you know, get some of his personnel in there. It, it's a difficult place to win, but I'm just I'm not brimming with confidence after the first year. All right, finally, I got someone that you got to feel way oh, yeah. way better there about. Barry Odom at UNLV, of course the. 
you know, a long time ago, the former Missouri head coach and more recently was, I think, hired when he was the defensive coordinator at Arkansas. But, uh, you know, I, I like the hire just fine because at Missouri, he, you know, did a fine job, ended up getting fired, but it wasn't like a, he didn't need yeah. to be fired necessarily. And so dropping, dropping down in class to the, the Mountain West and UNLV was one of the biggest surprises in college football last season. They went nine and five. They hosted the Mountain West title, made their first bowl game since 2013. Got to feel way better. Totally. Uh, Biff Pogey of Charlotte. Now this guy, he's a character. Love his attire with the, the cutoff ragged t-shirt mm-hmm. look sometimes, but um, I'm about the same. Like I wasn't terribly confident he'd be the savior at this program. It's tough to win there. You know, they've, given really they never have um it's a new program in fbs and and this past year was the first year going from conference usa to the aac they went three and nine they were three and nine the year before i guess the one positive i'm, I'm going to take away is the recruiting did take a little bit of a jump um that so there, there's that hopefully biff can you know get some momentum since he's he would he is a fun guy to have in college football Mm-hmm. And he went to bat for uh, his name was most mostly thrown out this this year because he went to bat for for Jim Harbaugh and the whole that's uh, right. you that's know right. sign stealing thing. Lance Taylor, Western Michigan. He was hired there. He was Louisville's offensive coordinator, um, and I feel the same. They Western Michigan went four and eight, which was you know basically what their win total projection was. So we'll see. All right, Kevin Wilson of Tulsa. Now, I'm going to take a little gamble here and say I'm actually feeling better. I think most people might say they're, they're feeling worse just because they kind of regressed um, in record and, and metrics, but they really weren't supposed to be good last year. They were almost dead last in the country in returning production. And looking at their schedule, the last four games of the year, they were so much more competitive. Um, so that shows me that they, they started to buy in. And with his familiarity with the the state of Oklahoma, the recruiting actually jumped up to fourth in the American Conference. That's the best it's been uh, in a while since before he got there. So I'm actually buying. I think he can improve Tulsa a little bit. All right. All right. Well, those are the the group of five coaches. Let's get to the power conferences. And I'll start us off with one of my favorite coaches in college football, Jeff (laughs) Brom at Louisville. They, of course, had a great year. They made the ACC title. Um but because I love Jeff Rom so much, I'm still still feeling about the same. Like I, yeah. I just I can't get much unless they made the playoff. I, I think I was going to feel about the same same on him. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously they were a little better than I expected on the field, um, but not a crazy amount better. And in recruiting, I will say they were maybe a little bit worse than I expected. So that kind of evens things out. That's what I was going to say. Is it, their recruiting was kind of they were sixth. Uh, out of 17 in the the new ACC like not bad but to your point I'm the, I'm the same as well like if that was third or something then I'd be like I'm actually feeling a little bit better didn't know he had that in him um and I wasn't even as bullish uh, on him as you and Ryan but um but still still like him you know but that's the thing though is he usually shows his chops with developing and getting his scheme in so now I'm just going to kind of wait and see if he can do it with his guys okay moving on what do you think about Kenny Dillingham at Arizona State I'm about the same like wasn't overly high on him mainly just because of the situation he was walking into like they were three and nine before he got there they had that NCAA allegations and bull band and penalties all that tons of transfers so he's really having to flip a roster and almost start over so you know they weren't good three and nine 
they did have three one score losses. Um, but if I'm an OSU an ASU fan, I'm gonna, I'm just I'm giving him some time to kind of get a positive runway as they head into the Big Twelve because I think there's there's some life there with the the recruiting that they showed. Yeah, I agree. I just I kind of like him. Like I feel like he's putting in. You know, he's a young guy. I feel like he's putting in the full effort on the recruiting trail to to try and turn things around. And so, but uh, yeah, I'm feeling about the same. I mean, that's the the team was about as bad at ex- as expected, and and the Pac-12 was even better than expected. So it's just an even tougher yeah. kind of situation that that he was dealt. Um, and he's adding a solid transfer class for this upcoming season. So Big Twelve maybe a little bit easier. Maybe they can you know take a, a couple win jump. Yep. I think this next one, Michael, is one of the tougher for me to to grade. What do you think? Luke Fickle, Wisconsin. Well, for me, it wasn't that tough. Like, I'm feeling worse. Okay. It doesn't okay, mean I, you yeah, are, yeah. I, I still think he's a really good coach, and I'm still relatively optimistic about the Wisconsin future. But to me, he was maybe the best hire, or I, I thought, to be yeah, the best yeah. hire of the entire offseason last year. So to go what they go seven and six yeah um they were you know a power rating perspective worse than expected not terribly worse but but worse um and just the offense the the hire he made of phil longo i liked but it was but it was risky because it was a change um and only through one year but it did not it worked out horribly um yeah we'll, we'll see if if year two if they can i imagine they'll be better in year two but uh but yeah i'm i'm feeling feeling a bit worse See that like off the cuff, I was going to say worse too, but I'm going to say I'm feeling the same just because I'm going to okay. go glass half full on that offensive issue and just say, you know, it's a dramatic scheme shift, kind of, uh, you know, get that other system and see if they can improve in year two. But that is a, it is a worry. But the thing that kind of helped offset it for me was the recruiting. Like they didn't kill yeah. it, but Wisconsin never does, but they finished seventh in the big 10 in high school recruiting. And that's out of 18 teams, which might not sound great, but it's way better than you know where they've been. Um, cause they were, they've been like the last couple of years, they were in like 14th, 13th range. And they brought in 11, four stars, which the previous three years they had only had like 11. So they're, I, I still trust fickle to develop the guys and, and put a better yeah. team out there. Yeah, no, you made a good case, I guess. But I mean, if you're solely looking at results, like, yeah, it was not good. Yeah, I guess I just had such high expectations that they've just lowered a little bit. But but yeah, I still probably feel about the same of them moving forward. Like, yeah, they'll, they'll be fine. Yeah, but there's, there's room for, con- there's a little concern. Yeah. Um, okay, next one, Hugh Freeze at Auburn. I'm feeling better. Um like I wasn't low on him last year, but I just, I went, I went kind of, I'm going vibes on this, Mike. I, I just like, mm-hmm. I just got this vibe now that like, he's, I feel like he's going to get this thing humming there. Um, I do too. You know, at least much better than what they've been recently. Like they improved in the the metrics. They, and the, like their record wasn't all that great. What'd they go like six, seven, like six, six and seven or six, or six and I, seven. Yeah. But like the way he was, he inherited and you know not the best roster they played number one georgia down to the wire same with 15th ole miss and then we obviously know they should have won the iron bowl against bama um you know he he had the head scratcher against new mexico state but now he's going to get another year with his roster recruiting took a massive jump to what they're like number seven overall like Mm -hmm. i i and i i don't even think like this year they're going to be all that great but i'm i can see like 2025 this thing really start to to jump 
No, yeah, I'm I'm bullish on Auburn's future, but I'll say if I feel about the same because I I really liked the hire to begin with. Yeah. Just like I just think he's a really good coach. I think he knows how to win the SEC. I think he knows how to recruit and boom, prove that with a top 10 class. Like you look at some of the teams that Auburn finished ahead of, it's really impressive, especially given, you know, they just they haven't been yeah. haven't been great lately. So, um yeah, I I feel about the same. All right, we got Brent Key, Georgia Tech. Yeah, I was not very high on this this hire to begin with, um, just kind of keeping the interim head coach. Um, I just thought it was, yeah, the easy hire, not kind of ponying up and, and making a, yeah. a big-time hire from outside the program. So I definitely feel better because it's it's gone well so far. They went 7-6, and six, made a bowl game for the first time since Paul Johnson was the head coach there. Holy crap. Wow. Yeah, you got to feel better. I mean, no, I don't, don't want to. I feel okay. better too. I feel better. It just would be really awkward if I said you got to feel better and you, you you come up and say, you know, I feel about the same. Like, well, yeah. okay. What a what a bum. No, no, no. I, I feel better too. Because like, and I, I don't I don't think they're going to be ACC title threats real soon, but but they did improve. Um, And and I think like last year, their season win total was around five ended up winning six on that bet then seven if you include the bull win you know so you know they weren't a total doormat i like what i saw and he's kind of shown to get the most out of the talent he has okay this is one of the more interesting ones of the episode not just because we are nebraska fans but because i think you could justify all three answers for this one you could you could justify worse better or the same what what do you well i'm going to predict what i think you're going with i think you're going to say about the same yeah, no, I'm. Well, we, you and I, we play it close to the vest. So I am saying about the same. I think this is very similar in a way to the Luke Fickle, where you know Luke Fickle and Matt Rule were two of the biggest and best hires last cycle, and so I, I think you know I was pretty high on Rule. So I'm, I'm about the same. I, I think some outside people might say a little worse, since they, they'll point to the, you know, the continuing plague of one score losses, and and the Huskers still didn't make a bowl game, but. He just landed one of their best high school recruiting classes in a while, top 20 class. They got the five-star flip, Dylan Rayola, of course. Um, and, you know, looking at it from no one ever seems to say anything bad about him. He's shown to be fully invested in the athletic program. And I'm just kind of going with the the trust and the of, you know, of him with his process of developing programs like he's done yeah. before. But I, I will admit, and I guarantee you echo it is my biggest worry is maybe the offensive philosophy oh. and the coaches he's hired there but i'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say the talent on that side of the ball he inherited was not good defense looks great but he's he's got to shore up the offense yeah so that's yeah that would prevent me not that i'm really tempted to but the offense would prevent me from saying i feel better about him because i mean the results on the field obviously don't bear out feeling better either you could you could argue the recruiting class does but but uh but yeah i mean hiring satterfield if we're comparing how we feel about matt rule to the day that he was hired i mean the day matt rule was hired we didn't know he was going to hire satterfield so that was i did not like that hire from the beginning and it was bad last year hopefully it'll get better in 2024 but uh but yeah feeling about the same because on the field you know it's they were roughly as expected maybe a little worse but yeah but we've seen that we've seen it at temple and at baylor he he it's not like he came out hot at at those places (laughs) so i i think with the the recruiting 
looking up and just, yeah, I'm still trusting the, his development. Yeah. All right. Here's a polarizing one. Just Dion Sanders, Colorado. Yeah. So this was, I think in my top two or three best hires for last off season. Yeah. And I still think it's a, it was a great hire. I mean, with, with, with hindsight, even though Colorado tailed off kind of at the, the end of the season, the team was way, way better than the year before. He inherited just a complete dumpster fire. So I think he is doing and will do a better job than like 95% of coaches they, they could have hired. Um, so still a great hire. They're a coin flip to make a bowl game in 2024. They're over-unders five and a half. And I think that's, you know, probably what I would have expected, maybe even a little better. But I think that's probably what I, I would have expected if you asked me a year ago. Say, hey, by year two, maybe he makes a bowl game. Like, that's success, given where they were. Yeah, and through three three or four games this this first year, you would have oh, been like, it's feeling you know, way they're better. going to a bowl game this year. Like, it was yeah, just, yeah. That first, that start was incredible. Um, but I, I'm with you. Like, I think this judging this one is hard. Like it, like you said, it was a home run hire. Um, but you and I have talked about this before, and I don't know if this was off or off podcast or on podcast, but it's kind of like we we're kind of wondering what his plan is in terms yeah. of like he he's, you know, do, is his intention to stay at Colorado a long time? And I, that, I think this was kind of your point was like, cause I, I was just shocked that he basically disregarded the high school, high school recruiting yeah. this year. Like he got the, the, that offensive tackle. That's great. But you know, he's just basically playing the flip the roster transfer game every year. It looks like, and, and that's fine. Like they're going to, he's going to do well at that and be more competitive than what they were but it doesn't seem like sustainable to build like a really strong program, like where mm-hmm. he, you would want to be. But, but Hey, I'm not going to doubt Dion. Like I'm just, I'm going to say I'm the same. It was a great hire. I, 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 I think year two is going to be really important. Like I want to see what he can do. Cause I think also in the new big 12, they have a chance to be somewhat relevant in that yeah. league. Um, so if, especially if he keeps some momentum this year. Yeah. If he had combined, if he had, had a better high school class like actually focused on that a little more and they were bringing in a class that ranked like in the top 25 then i maybe would feel better but yeah without that it's it's hard to to get there yeah fun to watch next one scott satterfield at cincinnati okay i'm feeling worse now i you know he was in a tough spot walking in after kind of a mini legend there with with luke fickle what they had done but they fell to, they were nine and four the year before it fell to three and nine um the recruiting this year finished 10th in the the new big 12 was there like 16 teams or whatever um the offense didn't really work so well with emory jones last year so i really think this is a big year two for satterfield like you better get results on on that side of the ball which he usually has in the past um and i just kind of did a, a look ahead because he needs a good year the schedule gives them a chance they avoid most of the top big 12 teams like utah oklahoma state arizona and kansas but i'm just wow. i'm just not overly enthused at the moment agreed and some people might say they're feeling about the same because they didn't like the hire a lot of people didn't don't seem oh, to like scott yeah. satterfield i i was not in that camp like i think he's a a solid coach i didn't think it yeah, was i'm with you home run hire but i just i think he's a good coach and now uh yeah after year one i'm you know, having some doubts there. So feeling worse. Yep. All right. Troy Taylor of Stanford. Yeah. 
I thought there was a chance that he would overperform just because he did such a great job at oh, Sacramento yeah. State before and just immediately turned around that program at the FCS level. Um, and, and Stanford ended up going three and nine. Uh, so he didn't overperform, but, uh, but he, he didn't underperform either. I mean, he inherited yeah, a, no. a pretty rough situation. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there and just kind of say about the same. I'm exactly feel the exact same way about the same. Um, the, the thing, the challenge for them now is, you know, shifting over to the kind of that coast to coast ACC. Um, and that being said though, the recruiting is kind of middle of the pack in the ACC this year. So I think the talent that they have and they can accumulate should at least improve from the team should improve at least from where they are. Not their ceiling might yeah. not be so high, but I really like the duo of Ashton Daniels and Alec Ayamanor, their quarterback and receiver. Like they could have a bigger season this year. Taylor's known for getting most out of his offense, but we'll see what they can do around him. Yep. Okay. Ryan Walters at Purdue. All right. I'm feeling a little down on him, but I'm I'm certainly not writing him off. Um, it's tough. Like we've talked about a few times this episode, it's tough following a successful coach. Like in this case, it was Jeff Brom. They finished four and eight though last year, and it's only going to get tougher as the Big Ten expands. Um, he's his calling cards defense that was not good last year. Um, and then this year they lose their leading sacker to uh, Texas A and M. Now again, I'm not going to write him off after year one, but I feel like when in this landscape like when you're not an established or proven head coach like if you don't have a breakout year one it might be tough to kind of gain some momentum so now they they he did recruit as well as he could like one of their higher finishes since i think 2019 so the thing is for him he just needs to develop that talent quickly but because i think it's a good hire but they need to show progress yeah that recruiting class is what kept me from saying so wait what are you are you feeling i actually said i'm a little worse yeah but not writing him off I was on the borderline of feeling worse, but because I I didn't really have I was pretty indifferent to this hire uh, and really think it was good or bad, and they were worse on the field than I ex- than I expected and better in recruiting, so I just yeah settled at about the same. But yeah, that recruiting class, I mean Jeff Brom had some good ones too, but this was a, a pretty solid start for Walters. Yeah, um, and then we do have. One more coach that kind of is a tweener, whether he counts yeah. for last year or not. But uh, tough one, David Braun of Northwestern. You feeling <laughs> feeling worse, better? I mean, that one is like the easiest of all these guys. Yeah. I mean, slam dunk. Just what a what a job he did this year. He won Big Ten Coach of the Year, right? I think. So. <laughs> what with like no expectations, just did like yeah, amazing. All right, so there you have it. Um, thanks for checking out this episode of the College Football Bros. Uh, maybe in a future episode, we'll talk about all this. There's just tons of rumors coming out about the the new playoff format, whether they're going to go to 14 teams, maybe give some auto bids to the, uh, th- what is it? They want to give three auto bids each to the SEC and the Big Ten. And I saw the latest tweet from, oh, I forget who, who the writer was that tweeted it, but that maybe the the two buys would only go to the Big Ten champ or the, and the oh, SEC wow. champ. So they might be flexing their muscle in these negotiations. But uh, that's still very much in flux, so we can talk yeah. about it down the road. But again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.